Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. For this week's episode, I had the chance to check out a movie on Amazon Prime. It's a movie that involves aliens, alien abduction, it's also light on action. Before we get too far into it, I think we should go ahead and announce the movie. This is the 2019 Andrew Patterson directed The Vast of Night. The Vast of Night tells the story of a radio DJ and a switchboard operator as they hear a mysterious signal over one of the radio broadcasts. This sparks their piecing together what is actually going on as they try to figure out if it's the Russians or it's aliens. As I stated at the beginning of this episode, this is a movie that is a Amazon Prime original. It was shot in 2016, I'm assuming over the course of a year or two. It wound up going to some of the film festivals, which led it to be picked up by Amazon. This is a truly original work. However, it does have lots of homages to different TV shows as well as different sci-fi throughout the years. It really did pull me in immediately. There's a Rod Serling impersonator for a fake TV show called Paradox Theater. It's well done and it sets the tone and style of the movie going forward. It really gives us that feeling that we're watching a Twilight Zone styled story, but in the next minute it kind of loses that feeling. That's alright because this isn't the Twilight Zone. It's a movie called The Vast of Night. The actual color and softness of the image gives a good sense of style. It kind of hides the low-budget nature of the film itself. The fact that they decided to include that reference to The Twilight Zone was a big bonus for me. I'm a huge fan of The Twilight Zone. I think it's some of the best sci-fi fantasy horror ever written. It's one of those shows that captured my imagination as a child, and still does today. Maybe some of the stuff that I thought about as a kid, I don't quite see it the same way as an adult. So it works on a whole bunch of different levels. I wish I could say that The Vast of Night had that Twilight Zone feel to it. It really doesn't. It's its own thing. I think it's good that they actually decided to make it its own movie, with only including the slight references. While we're talking about the Twilight Zone being the first reference that's immediately apparent, the first scene transition seemingly has a reference to another classic show, The Outer Limits. It's a nice touch. Of course, The Outer Limits and Twilight Zone were competing shows. They were also completely different from a storytelling perspective. With The Twilight Zone trying to be a thinking person sci-fi fantasy with some elements of horror, The Outer Limits really wanted to scare you with more of a focus on the sci-fi and horror. Either way, I do like both shows. I think it's a nice touch to see that the filmmakers had these homages to both shows. I also like that with this first scene transition, it's partially shown in black and white with a classic TV filter. Another interesting reference here in this film is the fact that it seems to play on the idea of the War of the Worlds broadcast that had people scared and thinking that the world was actually under an alien attack. The movie really does play with that idea with Everett and Faye and how they're dealing with this, their refusal to go off the air, 
they really do want to find the truth. As far as the War of the Worlds reference, it's pretty blatant in the film. The call letters for the radio station are W-O-T-W. Of course, that would stand for War of the Worlds. It was actually kind of fun picking out all the little different references that they had. I would say it's kind of a delicate balance in actually going and trying to make your own thing, but yet include those references that inspired your finished film. The movie handles it all pretty well. The first time the movie has some rising tension is the point where they have their first caller after they put the signal back out. They put it out and are asking for help. In asking for help, they're getting a story from a caller by the name of Billy, who tells his story. Of course, that story is being broadcast out over the air, which leads to another person wanting to tell their story a little bit later in the film. The whole idea and concept is interesting here, because the movie is largely just told through dialogue. It almost sets up the entire movie itself because of the story being told just through the dialogue. It's going to divide some viewers here. Some may like the movie a lot because of it. Some may severely dislike it. It never really shows us much throughout. I'm assuming this is the filmmakers using limited budget as a strength, but we could also say that we are as much in the dark as our two leads. It's really effective, but the lack of action and things actually happening is going to cause a huge divide in the enjoyment. Speaking on how the movie is purely dialogue driven, I actually really like the story that Mabel had about her son being abducted by aliens. She told about how the aliens seemed to like coming back to that area to more or less keep a low profile. It kept the tension level high and honestly it threw more questions at me, or at least that's how I felt about it. It made me wonder, are the aliens here to examine us? Are they here to abduct us? Do they mean us harm? What is actually going on? We never truly get those answers, but we did get an actual progression to the story. I do have to go and say that Gail Cronauer, who played Mabel, she was excellent in this movie. I really did believe her with the way she delivered her dialogue. I also felt sympathetic to the way that she delivered everything. I really did feel the hurt and the loss of losing her child to the aliens. It was an excellent scene because it was purely just focused on her the entire time. We got to really hear her story and feel those emotions that she was feeling. I think that this scene alone is definitely worth checking this movie out just for that moment. She really is great in the scene. I have to say it's probably my favorite scene in the whole movie. At that moment, we could even think maybe aliens didn't actually abduct her child. Maybe she lost her child. This is her trying to deal with her grief. She's trying to... I said earlier about how the movie had a great sense of style. It does throughout the entire movie. I originally assumed that all of the long tracking shots were achieved with drones or something. I did a little research on it and found out that it was actually achieved through go-karts when they were driving through the town to establish how small the town actually was. Either way, however they actually achieved it, it really was impressive. I have to give the director Andrew Patterson some serious credit here. The whole movie looks impressive. For a low-budget film, it's absolutely fantastic. 
The direction is something that truly kept me invested. I wanted to see what was going to happen. That's where I feel the movie falters a little bit. It mostly leads to a non-conclusion ending. Yes, something happens, and no, I'm not going to give it away. It just left me with a very cold feeling by the end of it. It didn't give me the wonder that I feel I should have had. I had some strong close encounters of the third kind feelings by the end of it. I feel that that's supposed to be yet another homage. That's fine. It does in fact work. But with the way the film started in giving us a Twilight Zone type of feeling, I was let down that it didn't include more of a Twilight Zone style twist ending that would stick with me. I don't regret spending time watching this one. It just felt that it was a big letdown with the ending we were given. Of course, they could have just cut it off and not given us an ending at all. Maybe this is just a weird occurrence. But I think in this case, I'm going to say that it's not about the destination, but this one is really about the journey. I feel the journey is worth seeking out to simply see if it's one you would want to take. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you don't do the whole social media thing, you can reach out to me at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. I do have a website, so if you do need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. If you do have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as create new episodes. But with that being said, be kind and good night.